0: On this episode, I will be speaking with Yasmin Madmoon from Queens, New York, a rising sophomore out of Morgan State University. Shout out to Mark for getting us in contact. She is a very intellectual, very spiritual individual, very deep individual, introspective, all that. This episode will be heavy on content such as manifestation, spirituality, spirit, what are those things, and what makes the why the why. What's good? How you doing?
1: I'm good.
0: How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Everything is good. Um, how you holding up during this lockdown?
1: Um, It's kind of been a blessing for me. I was apprehensive at first, but, you know, once you just surrender and embrace this time for what it is, mm. you know, you can make it into whatever
0: you want it to be. Mm. What you mean by that? Embrace this time and make it what you want it to be. How have you been doing that?
1: um so like i've spoken to a lot of people and they only have like bad things to say about quarantine and how much time they got and how awful it is but for me the way i think of it is like we have our whole lives and we put things off and we have things we want to do and we put them off in the name of like all the other things we have to do when the world is open school and hanging out and going out and all that stuff But now you have this time literally set aside where you can do anything that you've been meaning to do, but haven't gotten a chance to. So kind of like to me, I've been taking advantage of that. And not even necessarily I had things I wanted to do, but like finding those things that, you know, I've always wanted to do. Finding those things that bring me joy, bring me peace. Mm -hmm. And um, finding a way to channel it and use this time to do those things.
0: What's good, what's good, what's good? You are now tuned in to another episode of Best of Both Worlds. Got a very special guest for me today. Yasmin Moon, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi,
1: guys. My name is Yasmin Moon. I'm currently a major sophomore at Morgan State University. I was born and raised in Queens, New York, and I'm very happy
0: to be here today. I'm happy to have you on this podcast today. I know we shot an episode a while back, and it didn't come out good. So here we are on the re-up. Talk a little bit about Queens. How was that experience like growing up for you?
1: Um, I went to grade school, so K to 8th grade in Queens. I, um, Queens is the largest borough in New York City. It's also the most diverse, so a lot of the kids in my school, pretty much everybody, you know, they had parent immigrant parents. So, like, they were just from, everybody was from a different background. So it kind of got me acclimated to, like, different kinds of people, different kinds of schools, different kinds of everything growing up. Other
0: than, <coughs> other than... Your natural background Who would you say You're more comfortable being around Or who would you relate more to
1: Um, Who would I relate more to I relate more to people Who have been through Like turbulence Who are like able to recognize it And who are constantly like striving For better I would say mm-hmm.
0: So If somebody let's say Let's say somebody came from a privileged background And it was just like everything was handed, and they just their parents gave them everything. Do you rock with those type of individuals, or do you just kind of? I mean,
1: I went to boarding school with like the top one percent. I definitely found it hard to make friends with that background. But some, I made some pretty close friends with people who were pretty privileged who, Mm -hmm. you know, had it all set for them before. I I don't think you're, you know, close off the list if you know you've been given certain things, but. Right certain qualities to a person that go beyond that. Mm-hmm.
0: So you mentioned great grade school being different from boarding school and boarding school. You were with the top one percent. What was that experience like, and what are some of the troubles you had to deal with in boarding school?
1: Um. Oh goodness, that's a heavy question, but um. I think, well, the transition from grade school to boarding school was kind of difficult for me. Mm. Um, You know, I went to public school with a bunch of kids from Queens who are probably going to stay in Queens for their whole life. So, you know, when it was established that I was, like, going to visit different boarding schools when I was, you know, leaving class to do this or go to extra school or stuff like that, like, um, not just kids, but more specifically teachers, like, it was a very distinct energy they gave me my math teacher and my science teacher specifically where i would honestly call them my personal bullies um it was just i was bullied for you know wanting to go to boarding school i was bullied for you know wanting to branch out not going to the typical you know standardized high school after um after grade school so that was kind of difficult um mm. and i had this like Image in my head of what boarding school was because yeah. I never really visited the school I was supposed to go to um, until I knew I was going there. But um, I'm sorry, can you hear the background? Nah. Okay. Um, I never really visited that school until I went there, and when I visited, it you know you can only guess so much from the one day the school was supposed to look good to you. Um, so when I went there, it was definitely a culture shock. Like, every everything was a culture shock. Um,
0: right. I, yeah. I experienced a similar uh, a similar experience in my school. Uh, I started off in the inner city of my city, and then I branched off and went to a private school, predominantly white private school, it was all male. And then I transferred and went to another city well, no what I went I went to like yeah another city school but it was like a college prep preparatory school and then mm-hmm. I transferred back to my old school and then transferred out to a suburban school that's another predominantly white school and finished out like that so I you know I was bouncing around but to come back a little bit you said like you had like personal bullies and like people didn't really respect your idea behind your mm-hmm. your mindset behind going to a boarding school like what were some of those troubles and what were some of the things that they were saying to you
1: Um, well, okay, so I went to school in the city, right? So in New York, I'm not sure if they have it in the state. I'm pretty... Actually, I don't know, but they have, like, the regents test, which is, like, supposed to be
0: for... Yeah, that's the
1: whole state. Yeah, they're supposed to have, like, that's for high school students. So my school had, um like 7th and 8th grade like 7th grade you were preparing to take the Regents and then 8th grade like they split the classes up into like these two groups like basically taking the Regents and not taking the Regents mm-hmm. um, and I was in I ended up I think in 6th grade I started in not taking the Regents 7th grade they put me in Regents mm-hmm. and then 8th grade is when um, well 7th grade summer is when I knew I was going to go to boarding school so I came back 8th grade and you know the Regents wasn't really my top priority because it didn't really matter I was going to boarding school and they had no clue what that was mm-hmm. um um, so, and those two classes, the science and math classes, um, they were much harder on the regents' kids. They were much, and the teachers, you know, in New York City, like, you the teachers are judged based on the test scores of their children, which is, like, a problem in the whole school system in general, like, not just for the regents' aspect, but the state test' aspect. Right. Um, so teachers make sure that their students are getting high marks because it reflects on them kind of ugly thing come out when you're trying to force kids to you know fit a mold or something like that so when it was understood that you know you're not really gonna sit here and bully me for something that i don't really care about Mm. and you know i've always been somebody who like questions authority who you know just because you're in authority that doesn't mean you get my respect because you know respect is earned respect is two-way street Mm. So I would like go on boarding school trips. I would come back. My I remember my science teacher. She told like I was wearing a dress to school one day. She told me like I wasn't gonna make any friends when I went to boarding school because my dress was so short, Mm. which was interesting correlation. But okay, Um, my math teacher would just she would try she would just yell at me in front of the students. She would try and like start fights with me. And I have a very slick mouth, Mm. and I realized like pretty quickly that you know, when I use my mouth, especially in settings like that, it's not going to get me too like. It's not going to do nothing for me. So I would just, um, <laughs> I would just not speak. I would, she would yell at me and I would just not even look at her. And she'd be like, just imagine like a kid sitting at a desk with the teacher yelling at them, like right. in front of the whole class, just keep yelling, keep yelling. And you look crazy. Cause I'm not even responding. Like, what's good with you lady. But I don't know. Like I had to try, like, It was tough because a lot of people, well, nobody in my school really understood and then the kids didn't really, you know, it was kind of, oh, you think you're better than us because you're going to school with white people, stuff like that. So it was a little difficult, but I just had to trust, you know, I was doing something for myself Mm -hmm. that was going to better me in the long run. Mm -hmm.
0: What did you have to tell yourself or what did you have to do to prepare mentally for some of those, some of that backlash? Because I remember when I went through that same process, transferring to a private school, it was a lot of the same things like so I came from the neighborhood and all my friends they're like yo you think you better than us or you think you moving on you think you you know what I'm saying like you're privileged ah ah, ah you're white now you're going to a school with all white boys like
1: yeah. you got
0: it you know what I'm saying like that like McQuaid is like one of the most it's an expensive private school in my city it's like I think it's the second some some crazy stuff like that so like you know I was I was I was fortunate enough I was there for football so you know I had some leeway but still like people they didn't know that they didn't know the behind the yeah. scenes and what was going on so they just saw it for what it was like yo you about to go you know you got more opportunities than us you about to have more connections you are us so it became like more envious than it was like love so
1: definitely what yeah. did you
0: have to tell yourself or how did you have to you know battle with yourself um, to cope with it i would say
1: like I don't even know. Like I was in a program called Prep for Prep Nine. Um, that was basically the preparation for us to go there. It was a fourteen month um preparatory program and it was basically double the school, like more work than I've actually ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um in, in prep we had a psychology class and we had we would talk about, you know, things we would experience in boarding school. They were trying to prepare us for like stimulations of like micro um aggressions and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. stuff like that, you can only stimulate like, so far, if you understand what I I mean. So, mm-hmm. a lot of it was, like, having friends who are in the program who are going through the same thing. Or, like, having the people who ran the program who, you know, went through the program themselves. Like, mm-hmm. just knowing that, you know, then I'm not the only one. And somebody else has been through what I've been through. And they they prevailed. So, like, if they could do it, I could do it, too, more of that sense.
0: Right. And did you ever build, like, a close bond with those individuals you could relate to?
1: Um, I still have two friends, two of my closest friends were from PrEP to this day, yes, they're Mm -hmm. very, very close to me.
0: Yeah, that's dope, that's dope. So, to kind of transition into what the household was like during all this, like, what was that atmosphere like for your relationships with your parents, if you have any siblings, like, what was all that going on?
1: Um, while I was going during this transition, I would say that, like, I was, I had so much school, like, I wasn't even very present in my house like the relationships weren't very strong like I would literally get home from school Let's say like during prep we would have school in the summer school would get out at five I would take the train home by the time I'm home at six seven mm-hmm. you know and I would eat real quick and then I would be literally working till four in the morning Like my parents would go to bed and I'd still be you know reading my homework or like writing a paper and stuff like that so um by the time I went to boarding school, like, the, and this is also, like, a pretty important time in, in, like, a child's life, like, formative years. Um, So, by the time I went to boarding school, I was 14, and, you know, whatever relationships, they weren't very strong, but whatever relationships, I, I kind of am realizing now, like, um, rebuilding relationships with our family that, you know, It was a product of that. It was a product of me, like, being a child, then, you know, having this work and not being around. And then, you know, I went to boarding school for four years. Hmm. So, yeah.
0: How have you tried to rebuild some of those relationships or work on them?
1: Um... Um, like I said, like I'm always a type of person to like fight back to question everything. My Mm -hmm. parents have oh, my parents are just as strong minded as me. I think I get it from my dad specifically. (laughs) Um, so um, I've always been a type to fight. I've always been a type to like question and debate. Like why, 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 why? everything is why. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that. you know, the first step to like rebuilding a relationship is purging mm-hmm. everything. Um, like getting get speaking all your emotions, speaking all of, you know, any issue you had so that you could like start fresh, so you could clear the air, so you could establish like, oh, that was my intention, this was my intention. I hope we can do this. What are the next steps and stuff like that. So, I think quarantine was like really helpful in that sense because we're all in the house together. Like we can't we can't run away, we can't you know hide from anything. So just setting the tone like how is our time here going to be what is our relationship going to be like and you know doing your best to fulfill whatever um, standards you set for yourself during that conversation
0: that's a gem for y'all I hope y'all was listening Um, (laughs) (laughs) start that process man Purge that's a gem so what like you say you know you got a similar personality to your father what are some of those influences like and is it related to some of the traditions that were in the household
1: um, I would say in my family, I like I'm just exactly like my father. My mom is like so peaceful and calm. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably laugh as much as my mom does. But my dad, in terms of like even the way he deals with people, he's very good with sensing. Like if he likes somebody, if he doesn't like something, mm-hmm. like he's very good if he sees something. Wait, 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 he wait, doesn't.
0: I don't mean to cut you off. So no
1: problem.
0: So he's not peaceful. Because he, that sounds my, more like he's more observant.
1: He... Okay. <laughs> my mom is like... My mom's the type of person, like, if there's conflict, like, she doesn't want no parts. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't, like... Even if conflict is right in front of her face, like, she would rather just, you know, keep it to herself and keep the peace. Like, mm-hmm. she's... Like, I can only... I don't know, like, I, let's say if she would be ice, my dad would be fire. Mm-hmm. But my dad is like, you know, everybody's multi-layered. My dad is is loving, he's very caring and stuff like that, but he's not in, afraid to, like, engage in, in in conflict at all. Yeah. And, and he's never afraid to speak his mind.
0: That's dope. So you pretty much had, like, yin-yang. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you, and you, you shaded more towards your father's side.
1: Yes, I would <laughs> say so. My brother is definitely more of my mother.
0: Uh huh. So you have, how many brothers you have?
1: I have one brother and one sister.
0: Okay. And so your brother and sister, you said your brother is more your mother's side. What about your sister?
1: My sister, um, I don't know. <laughs> my sister is my mom's child. So, um, but she, growing up, she resembled me more, like, because mm-hmm. I used to feel like I didn't really fit in and mm-hmm. she didn't really fit in. So I was like, I'm more like my sister. I don't know where I belong in this situation.
0: Outside of the boarding school situation Why did you feel like you didn't fit in? Um
1: Why did I feel like I feel like this is all just stemming from childhood Like maybe misunderstanding from childhood Or like me and my brother used to fight a lot Like um So you know seeing I don't even know like It was just you know as a child you feel like A certain way about like different stuff And like it, it wasn't the norm in my family To so like you know speak about their feelings And stuff like that so mm-hmm like, there was a lot of Harvard, like, feelings or, like, situations, like, oh, like, you did this 10 years ago, well, I didn't mean that 10 years ago, you know what I'm saying, but if we Mm -hmm. discussed it 10 years ago, you know, there might have been a different outcome, so, like, stuff like that, and then by the time I went to boarding school, like, um, I was being introduced to all these other ways of living, and my way of living at home was just, like, so distinct that I was just, like, I was just constantly asking why, I was constantly asking, like, I was just i didn't understand i didn't understand and we never took time to have like important conversations like that
0: right did you ever struggle with people relating to or understanding your religion
1: all the time well i still do um well i think like it stems from me not understanding it. Mm-hmm. um i think growing up i had like a You know, I used to go to Friday school, and I used to go to Quran school, like, learning how to read the Quran and Arabic and stuff like that, and you know i never really felt the religion in my heart I never felt islam in my heart i never felt that connection to god in my heart partially because of like you know the people around me even in the mosque like the way those people would operate and stuff like that would just be like or like even in um friday school like we'd just be talking about all these rules all the time but it's mm. like okay like there's these rules like all right we get it That's and great. it kind of like it just made me you know i'm I'm somebody who questions everything, I'm somebody who fights back on everything, so kind of like pushing away and like I don't like rules, I don't like people telling me what I can and can't do so um mm-hmm you know partially like growing up like me not understanding my religion when people are coming to like debate me or say something it's like i can't even defend myself i don't even know where to begin because you know i don't have this information Mm. um and i definitely think like definitely during the times where i experienced the most islamophobia um i had the least connection to my religion i had the least knowledge of my religion so that definitely played a part
0: when did you experience that islamophobia um
1: I mean, in grade school, you know, the boys always had their Osama Bin Laden jokes, but that was just, you know, an our roll and go about their day. In um, boarding school, my roommate, I would definitely describe um, to some degree as Islamophobic, whether she meant to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it translated into, you know, this one night. Where it was just lots and lots of Islamophobia on um, from the black community directed towards me, mm. um, well specifically the black boys in my school. And that just made me feel like, it just made me feel some type of way because, you know, before that, we were all close. We all stuck together because, you know, we're going to school with a bunch of rich white people and, you know, right. we only had each other. And after that, it's like, y'all don't even got me because, you know, this one little thing you found out about me, you're making jokes and, you know, saying all these derogatory things, asking if I'm a blow up to school, like all these, like all these feelings, you know, popping up, mm-hmm. it's just very clearly showing your
0: deeper inner issues towards who i am Mm. so you felt singled out did you have anybody to reach out to or like how did you stay grounded or stay like focused through all that Um, because you had a lot going against you yeah
1: um when I was in boarding school, it took me a long time to, like, get acclimated. It took me, I would say, up until my junior year to get acclimated. Um, mm. I definitely, I left the school realizing I had more people on my side than I ever thought, um, more specifically adults. Um, but during that time, um, there was one black lady at my school um, this day, and she was just there for all of us, like, at all times. And she really, really helped me. She was just like... I don't know, like, just, you know, a magical black lady, like, that's the only thing I could describe her as, like, she could read you and you don't have to say anything to, like, she was just incredible. Um, I was going to ask about about that.
0: Do you feel like there was something, like, spiritual about her that set her apart that helped her connect? Most
1: definitely. Mm. Most definitely. She had a certain energy, and she, it was just, I'm a very closed-off person. I'm a very, I don't trust people, and I don't get close to people. But, some like, you would just, it would be times, like, we're all chilling out of her office, and, you know, the bell rings to go to school, and we're all leaving. And, like, the last person to leave the room, she called up. Mm-hmm. And you just know, like, you just know she's about to get you, because she just had this way about her. She just could tell. She could just get information out of you. She just... She knew the right point, like, your breaking point, like, and she would just engage in conversation, it would just break, like, it would just break, yeah. but um, I definitely needed somebody like that around me, 100%. Are
0: you sure you still closed off, or is that something of the past, because you want a podcast with a stranger talking about your life um, right now?
1: I think that um, <laughs> the way I'm closed off is, like, a little bit different than people, like, think about, like, I'm I'm used to sharing my experience, even at boarding school, like, I was always the most vocal, I was always, um, you know, I was always the one who was speaking for the black people and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but, you know, if you actually try to get to know, like, what's going on in my life and, like, mm-hmm. what I'm going through, like, you would never find out, like, mm-hmm. you would have no clue ever, so, like, I, I could, like, talk about things, but I can't. I don't know, like, the deeper in the stuff, like, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta reach a certain level
0: for all that. Right, right, right. Right, yeah, I was just, I was just picking at you, but, um, to jump back on course, how important, or, no, 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 not how important, but, would you consider yourself to be spiritually in tune?
1: Um, I would, I would, yes, I would, Mm -hmm. um, because I think when you're spiritually in tune, your sixth sense is much more, um, Prevalent. Mm-hmm. I was say, like I, I don't like talk about this because I feel like it. It sounds so weird, but like I always get like certain feelings about stuff or like a certain thought, and you know somebody will mention that thought. Like I'll have a conversation with them like the next day, or you know I'll get a notification on my phone like in a couple of hours that had to do with my thought, or like mm-hmm. it's just really weird stuff. Like everything is um synchronicity. Synch- in quantity I think it's called, or something like that, and also like angel numbers. I see angel numbers all the time. It's it's just sometimes it's very difficult to deal with because it's just like ah, like right. the universe. What are you trying to say? Right, right, right. But yeah, to,
0: to understand it's a bunch being thrown at you. What is an uh, angel number? Explain that for me and the listeners.
1: So an uh, angel number is basically a repetitive number, so eleven, eleven, one, 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 two, two, okay. two, three, three, three on the clock, or mm-hmm. numbers that um. Or like 1234, like stuff like that that is just in sync mm-hmm. and they usually you're seeing them at a time where they each have a number if you, um, uh, I mean it if you look it up so usually if you're seeing it, it means something, somebody's trying to say something to you hmm.
0: I never really paid attention to that so what's the correlation between all those numbers and 666
1: well 666 is not on the clock yeah. Six 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 is also the devil number. So, mm-hmm. um, people have actually asked me that before. and I actually realized it's not on the clock. But all the angel numbers are on the clock. You're gonna see it on the clock, right? Um,
0: yeah. What I was saying, so so people would get those mixed up. So, so people would like, you know what I'm saying like, I, I know it's not on the clock, but I'm pretty sure that would come to, to mind because that came to mind with me just now. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying like. Where would where was, what is what does that branch from? What is what is it? I can't even talk. Let me start over. What does that branch from, and what is the significance of the numbers?
1: So, if you look into numerology, um, it's the concept that every number has a energy, has a frequency. So, like numbers one to nine. Like, if you think about the number one, it's a certain type of feeling. Number three, number six. Like every number has a certain type of energy. Mm. Um, and stuff like that and you can use numerology basically it's it's very deep to find your life path the way you express yourself what your heart desires and all this stuff and it goes on the basis of like your name and each letter has a has a number that correlates with the vibration and your birthday has a vibration Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and basically saying that you know everything that's happening in your life is for a purpose and for a specific reason and stuff like that so when you see a certain number, it carries
0: a certain frequency, and it means a certain thing. Right. That's uh that's dope what you said. I was just having a conversation about that last night, and um you know, the person who was bringing it up, they didn't really know too in depth about what they were talking about, but they kind of was touching on like the surface of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other day, I was playing around with some memory, like games or whatever, where you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm one of those individuals who tell themselves like, yo, I, I have bad memory. Um, and I, this I is have kind of, this terrible kind of, memory. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Bet. But this is perfect. Right. So I'm gonna test it on you. So there's two systems in the brain, two sides of the brain, uh, right, left, you know what I'm saying? A left side thinker is a right-handed individual who thinks logically. And a right side thinker is a left-handed individual who thinks like more creatively. So to tie into what you was just saying with the numbers and having meanings, things of that nature, it's like, when you tie the logic to the creativity, it's kind of like being ingrained in your brain. So like it becomes like, once you tie both of those systems together, you could almost tap into say a photographic memory, right? And it's like, like how you said, the numbers are significant. The numbers are significant in the memory as well. The numbers, or even just the logic in general, the logic uh, by way of the numbers is significant in relation to creativity. So I'm I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but um, basically it was like a bunch of random things that I was being told, right? And it's like, close your eyes and imagine, blah, blah, blah. picture these things, and it was like the sun. And this was a few days ago, and I learned this like five minutes, and I still have it, it's ingrained. So it was like, picture the sun, what you think of the sun, and then picture a pair of socks in front of the sun, and then look to the left, and you see a traffic light, and then look under the traffic light, you see a car, and then look in the car in the steering wheel, you see a glove, and then look in the middle console of the car, you see a can, Look out the window. Exactly, exactly. There's a bunch of random stuff, but but watch how I tie it together, right? So then, look out, look out the passenger window. You see a rainbow. Then look in in the back of the car. You see a cat. And you look down at the pet, at the gas pedal. You see your feet. No socks, no shoes. It's just your toes. You see your toes, and you wiggle your toes, right? So you see, I just ran through mad random stuff, right? But I still remember that it was like five minutes. We went through all that stuff. So the significance in that, right? If you even go from reverse to the to the to the beginning or you go from you know beginning to end. It's like you, you end with the toes. Toes you have ten toes. You look at the cat in the back and a cat usually has nine lives. Um I skipped one too. Oh, you look sure. in a you look in a rear view mirror, there was a magic eight ball. Um so you go from nine lives to the eight ball that's an eight and you look out the passenger window you see a rainbow. rainbow. Rainbow has seven colors. If you look in the middle console you see the can. The can usually comes in a six pack. When you <laughs> when you look at the at the steering wheel the man gloves, it's usually five fingers that go in the glove. You look at the car, a car has four wheels. You look at the traffic light, it has three lights, green, yellow, and red. If you look at the pair of socks, a pair of socks is two. If you look at the sun, the sun is one. So it's like, once you wow. tie that logic with your creativity, you see what I'm saying, it's like, it comes in green. That's
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. I know that was a long tangent, but, yeah. There's the numbers numbers, and all that is significant. Um, And I definitely want to, like, once I learn more about it, I want to teach, like, some people, put people onto it. But for, for those who, you know what I'm saying, like, me and you, uh, more people who say like, yo, your memory is bad, your memory is bad. It's You got to change that mindset because you tell yourself something over and over, you become a believer it becomes reality. It's like yeah. manifestation. So, you know what I'm saying? You have a good memory. You just have to remember. Channel that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, jumping back to the conversation. I know that was a crazy, crazy tangent. <laughs> uh, why is it important for you to be spiritually in tune and why would you encourage others to do so?
1: Um for me um it is important for me to be spiritually in tune because it helps me feel connected to the world um, It also helps me see like deeper meaning in the world and like uh, have a greater appreciation for the world in addition to that, it was also the quickest way I've ever um tried to heal so I've like you know just like everybody else, we experience traumas in our life and stuff like that, and um I think I've tried a lot of stuff. Um, and spirituality was the only thing that was like, it seemed like very quick. I mean, it was hard work, but it's relative to everything else. It was very quick and very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's important to get into with your spirituality because, you know, it might help you in un- unforeseen ways.
0: What if you encounter an individual who... Doesn't have religion, doesn't believe any sort of spiritual beings, but they're real heavy in the science. How do those two things relate? And how do some of those teachings kind of reflect one another?
1: They're real heavy on the science. Um, I was reading this book and it was saying, like, the first gulp of science, you'll be an atheist. And then at the end of the cup, you'll find God. Um, and it was mm. basically
0: like, What book is that? About
1: um it's called Secrets of the divine love i just started reading it it's really good though but it's um it, it's just like talking about this girl's journey for god and like um how she found god from the perspective of islam but like not really like just using touching on stuff not really delving into it or like just speaking from her own experience i like it but um it was basically talking about the chances of like this earth um you know, existing and us existing and, you know, how many qualities and how many, you know, boxes you have to check off in order for life on this rock, on the specific rocks to be possible, you know, even the earth being tilted at 23 degrees, the earth, the sun and the moon orbiting the earth perfectly for however many years they've orbited, you know, each organism having to fulfill like pH, the visibility, all of these circumstances in order to live exactly where they live. Like if anything was a point or um higher or lower, like they would die literally. So just the you know, and humans are the first ones to tell you like cause and effect and, you know, mm. something caused something so that it affects something. Like everything happens for a reason and that like chance is just so likely. And if you look at like the earth itself, the chance of everything here existing the way that it does is like hundreds of decimals. Mm-hmm. And so like looking into that mm-hmm. and, you know, just trying to find the science of it, trying to see where the science fits in, which it definitely does. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot, I can agree with that. A lot of the teachings and science on like the laws of how, how and why things are, mm-hmm. it relates. And religion
1: talks more of the...
0: The purpose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like whether you you know, read the Quran or you read the Bible or whatever else. Exactly. There's a lot of those teachings are universal. You see what I'm saying? A lot of those Mm -hmm. teachings if are not worded the same, (laughs) it's the same thing, same purpose, same teaching, and then it coincides with the teachings from science. Yeah. The law of attraction, how have you used the law of attraction via your religion rather than just science and logic?
1: Um, The law of attraction. I started off my spiritual journey. Like, my journey to God really started off spiritual because, um, you know, I was seeing these angel numbers everywhere. Like, And I spent, like, a lot of second semester in my room just because it was so cold. There wasn't much to do. Mm-hmm. And I would be in my room all the time, and, like, I'd be watching something or doing something. And I'm telling you, like, every time I looked at the clock, like, I would end up screaming, like, in my room because it was actually getting annoying. Like, every single time I looked at the clock, it was an angel number. And I would just be like, I would just be like, yo, universe, what are you trying to tell me? Like, just say it. Like, I'm tired of the, you know, secret messages in the codes. Like, just, just say it. And I would just you know, I would have internal conversations, like, there would be a place my mom would jump to, I'd be like, nah, you're good, and I would just keep seeing it, keep seeing it, keep seeing it, keep seeing it, and I would ask the same question, I would have the same conversation, you're good, keep seeing it, keep seeing it, keep seeing it, until I just surrendered, and I went to go pray, um, well, the conversation was about how I um, didn't pray to God, and um, I was just like, maybe I should just pray today, and I prayed, and, like, three crazy things happened, like, three, like, it was just very random and out the blue, and, like, didn't have to happen Mm -hmm. and I was just like all right tomorrow I'm gonna pray again (laughs) I like that (laughs) and that's how it kind of started um but going back I just jumped on a tangent but um um the law of attraction how I use it in my life is I speak things that I would like to happen or like things that I am in control of so like you know when I came home I spoke having a better relationship with my family to life like I spoke it and I did the work to do it and I asked God to help me to do it um, or like you know being the person I want to be or like healing and stuff like that I would I would speak it into existence and I would do the work like you can you know speak anything you want into existence but if you're not doing the work if you're making no effort to make it you know happen then you should not expect anything to happen
0: when you pray right so you want to like you said you speak things and then you act upon it and -hmm. you ask god for assistance when you pray how does that go about
1: um well there's many different ways because the theory that like god is always within you because your soul came from him like he's you have a piece of the mind everything has god in it you know nothing on this earth would actually be possible especially nature so like I, i started this thing where I got like a bunch of plants um, I have I say I have a force in my room but um, um, just like the idea of like giving so you can get back and just like I think that that's like a part of like talking to God um, I also think praying like traditional way of prayer for Muslims is like I don't know how to explain it but it's this whole ritual we play um, five times a day um, you can also talk to God just mm. like like if I'm just sitting in my room I have something to say to God I'm going to just say it right. Um, but I also think like you know since God is within me you, you don't have to speak things aloud like you can think them yeah. and like he can still hear you because he's omnipresent Um, and then there's also just like being grateful being thankful and like my favorite prayer is just to ask for whatever I need Mm -hmm. Um, Because ultimately we're human, we're flawed We don't know what we need, we don't know what's good for us We could, you know, hope and wish and plead And, you know, try and alter our reality All day long And, you know, get to our destination And realize we weren't meant to be here Not even we weren't meant to be here But it doesn't serve you So, you know, what's most important to me Is getting whatever I need And God is the only person that knows, you know, what I truly need Mm -hmm. So that's what I like to ask for
0: Yeah, so I kind of touched on that because I wanted to see, like, when you pray, like, how was it you were going about? And, you you know, you touched on those things. Like, with me, when I pray, or as of late, actually, and I would say this has been for a few months now, ever since, like, right before we left college. I transitioned from the prayer, or not prayer, but from the system of asking and begging to giving thanks, right? So I, mm-hmm. I, I grew up around seeing people or actually, actually you know I've always been in prayer circles where people are like God I'm asking I'm coming to you I ask for this I come for this and this this and the third can you give me this can you show me this can you do this that that, like mm-hmm. where's the the love you see what I'm saying like yeah. you can't you can't preach to me as a Christian that or as a religious leader of any sort that there needs to be a relationship with God and you have to have a love or a care and yeah. every time we pray, you just come and like ask asking. it because asking for even if you like let's just not even look at it for those who may not even believe, right? Let's say you a person with money in your family and all your family members who don't even really vibe with you like that, they come out of the out of the woodworks like, yo, I need a I need, you know, a couple hundred for this, I need this out and a third, let me get this, let me get that, but they are not seeing how you doing. They're not checking up yeah. on you, you know what I'm saying? saying? Because it's a process to you even getting those those resources. So you have to sacrifice a lot of, you yeah. know, yeah, mental health and things of that nature. So they're not really checking on you; they just want your benefits. So like for me, it's like I transitioned from doing that to just giving thanks. You know what I'm saying? I'm like thankful every day. Like even the some fact of me being able to open my eyes in the morning and breathe. Like yeah, yo, like I work at a grocery store, so I'm first line Everything when it comes happen, to the yeah. yeah so like. I'm just thankful, I'm waking up, my throat not sore, I'm not coughing, you see what I'm saying? Like just you yeah. know, the smallest things That's like, things like that. Yeah, so like so you know, I, I transitioned from, you know, the asking and begging to the giving thanks. And I started to see like a real change and shift in my yeah. life. Like a lot of opportunities opened up and a mm-hmm. lot of things were just, you know, my spirits and things was just I don't know, it just Shifting, seemed like everything yeah. was more positive. Everything was more like Different because that's
1: the way you're moving through the world. Yeah, I think a lot of people have this notion that they can only talk to God when something's wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. you can ask God for. I like to add, like, also, what I like to do is ask for other things for other people because I find that when I ask things for other people, I get like blessed in like extra like in ways mm-hmm. like i wouldn't have imagined so like being appreciative of my health being appreciative of my family's health asking you know that it stays the same or even like if nothing's wrong like just saying thank you like mm-hmm. nothing is wrong like you could still give thanks and stuff like that i think that's really important
0: yeah yeah and, and it's also important too for people not to get mixed up with what we're saying we're not saying just pray for the benefits because mm-hmm. You ain't just going praying just the next day or next hour or something. Going, you know, sometimes that happens, but like it's not like I'm saying that shouldn't be your main goal. Yeah, uh, that relationship should be built, should be crafted. Um, Most okay. Definitely. To so you have a YouTube channel now. Go ahead and plug yes, your YouTube channel and put them on or what you what you drop on there and what's your content like.
1: So my um, YouTube name is the the Divine Esoteric Beauty. Um, I have one video up there right now. More coming soon. Um, my first video is basically about um, your energy, how to raise your vibration, and attract um, others as well as things that you would like to come into your life, as well as like starting your spiritual journey. I know a lot of people um, are interested in starting their spiritual journey and don't know how to go about that. So I kind of lay out like the first couple of steps to begin that process.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you highlight a few uh, topics, I like dive in a little bit on some of the things you touched on in your video?
1: Um, so in the video, I talk a little bit more about how to be aware and how being aware, you know, translates into um, how you see the world. I talk about um, ways to mindfully, you know, raise your vibration and, mm-hmm. you know, start to heal, which is um, journaling is also meditating mm-hmm. with guided meditations and um, um, sound healing. I put some You know, some of my favorite um, guided meditations, Guy Lontrell, Mm -hmm. he's really, really good. That's probably my favorite Um, person who does meditations. I talk about manifesting and um, I talk about giving thanks and um, strengthening your relationship with the divine. Mm
0: -hmm. How important is meditation and, you know, what are some of those strategies that you've used in your meditation skills?
1: Um, how important is meditation? Meditation is very much so important. Um, it gives you, I think if you haven't meditated, once you meditate, you'll realize like how much effort it takes to truly breathe and how, you know, more often than not, we're not really breathing, like how we should be breathing. Mm. It also just gives you a time to like relax, put your mind at ease and just like not think. I find that when I meditate, like I become lighter. You got a natural high because like oxygen gives you a natural high. Um, And also, like, things just become clearer, like, you're more at peace, you're able to see things more level-headed because you're just operating from, like, a more oxygenated, more peaceful, more mindful um, state of mind. So I would say it's very much so important. Hmm.
0: What is manifestation?
1: Um, manifestation is speaking things you want into existence It is, you know, telling yourself you have certain qualities Or telling yourself you can achieve certain things before they happen um, Which basically gets you into the mindset that it's possible for it to happen And gets you into the mindset that you, it's possible for you to do the work for it to happen
0: mm. How many times does someone have to speak something into existence uh, Before things start to become universal?
1: Um, You speak it into existence until you feel it in your heart. Because mm. mm. once you start to feel it, you'll start to act like it.
0: Mm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, do you think there is an actual number on how many times, or do you think it's just like whether someone believes it? It depends on it the person, on right?
1: And it depends on how much like you've been conditioned to, you know, believe that it's not possible. So, like my. um my favorite example is, like, if you have, um like, issues with yourself and you look in the mirror and you tell yourself I'm beautiful every day, like, if you really, really, really believe you're not beautiful, like, it will really, t- it not really take a while, it might take a couple of days for you looking in the mirror a couple moments of uncomfortability you know not really believing what you're saying but after a while you're like it goes from like i'm beautiful to like i am beautiful like yeah. you know you see you feel it like in your body change
0: yeah.
1: um yeah so it depends on the person
0: yeah yeah it's definitely it's a mental game as well like looking at the cup half full looking at a half empty it's the yeah. same same concept um one thing, one thing I would suggest too for the listeners is, and I may have mentioned this in an other earlier episode, was like change habits. See what I'm saying if you want to manifest something or bring something about, change habits from the smallest. Yeah,
1: because your habits def- definitely dictate how your life
0: goes. Mm-hmm. From the smallest, and this this ties into what you said about people being conditioned. It's like we eventually people lead down a path that 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 gets them into this thing called hypnotic rhythm, and what that is is like. You've already created so many small bad habits that it turned into a group of big bad habits. And it's like it becomes part of your character and who you are. Right? And in order yeah. to change that, you have to reverse that and implement more small good habits. So whether that be when you wake up, you fix your bed every morning. That's a good habit to have. And that's just something to start your day. Jump start your day. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like put together a routine or like if you have a whiteboard or a mirror or something, right on your mirror things like uh, daily affirmations. Uh, yeah, or post notes on your
1: wall Exactly,
0: exactly, so things like that So, you know what I'm saying, like habits everything, I think I read not I don't read, yeah, yeah I read I read in the book that like um, One habit leads to Six other habits Of the same nature, so if you have A habit of road rage Going crazy on the road Then six other Habits of you being angry, spasm for no reason will come about and you'll be like yo I'm, I'm really negative and I don't know why the why is because those small things you were doing early on that led to something yeah, bigger yeah
1: they all lead to each other everything goes off to each other and once you realize the whole habit thing you just everything is everything like that just becomes so clear because you know hmm. once you make one small change you could like feel the difference in your life and exactly. the way you experience things
0: exactly exactly have you experience something like that in college you know i know it was your first year so there had to be some sort of adjustment did you use that and did you feel a difference
1: manifesting
0: uh yeah and changing habits
1: um well change of habits manifesting i think the day like i, I went back to god that was one of them, um, I think that like I had seen, uh, I'm like a really good student, and I had two C's in one of my classes, and I wanted to lose my mind, like, and it was for, there was no good reason for me to have two C's, and I'm like no, like, this is just impossible like, I'm gonna go talk to my teachers and I had let, I, I have always been the type of person, even in boarding school like, you're, you're taught, like you go to the teacher right away if you have an issue, or you get a bad grade, yeah. and like, I don't know, like I had been, everybody around me was like, No, like you know the syllabus says this or no like the teacher's not gonna say yes I was just like you're probably right like I'm gonna leave it alone when I knew like I knew better Mm -hmm. um so I saw those two seasons I was like I almost lost my mind I went to my teachers I'm begging them begging them begging them and they both told me no and um I'm just like no there has to be another way I'm like doing everything I can to you know reach out to my teachers to reach out to find a way to raise my grade and then like I, I prayed to God and like my teacher bumped my grade up that day like for no, actually no reason after he told me he wasn't going to mm. um, and I was just like I don't know, I think, like, surrendering and doing everything you can do, like, I found that that's that's really good. Like, if you really want something to happen, there are things you have to let go. Like, there's obviously things standing in your way that are preventing you from achieving your goal, and you can't truly accomplish what you want unless you're truly, like, willing to accept that there's things or people or habits you have to get rid of.
0: And that ties back into what you said earlier, too, about purging. Mm-hmm. You want to make a significant change, you have to purge.
1: You
0: have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, I could um, I could relate, man. I uh, so my first year, like, I, I almost transferred out of the school. I almost came back home. I uh, was dealing with some struggles with financial aid, actually financial aid and academics. So it was like I had everything in line. Everything was working, and you know, I was just like, all right. Well, let me since I have this in order, let me dive into the financial aid aspect because I was they was talking about paying like 33000 and I don't got 33000 to pay. And yeah, they're to they <laughs> crazy and they wasn't really trying to give me financial aid. Like, it wasn't enough to for satisfaction. Like, I could have yeah. made... I could have came up... There could have been things done if they would have just helped me out more. You know what I'm saying? A like mm-hmm. little more. Like, not even clearing the balance. I just needed a little more help. So... You see what I'm saying? So um I'm um, going to the financial aid office. I'm like, yo, there was a situation with my FAFSA. is there anything we could do? And at first they like, nah, like, we can't go through the system It change that like, you have to call financial aid, so I ended up like calling them and going through that whole process and they was like, All right, well listen, we approved this change, but you have to work that out with your financial aid advisor. So then you know, I'm basically I'm going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Financial you know, the financial aid director finally steps in. She, like, tell my advisor or whatever, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Help him out. I'll, I'll approve of this move because, you know, it's sincere. and We don't want them students to be falling out, things of that nature. Yeah. You know how the HBCU culture is, too. Like, yeah. you know, the faculty that look out, out, out for you. Exactly. So, you know, things start looking good for me. And then it was just like, yo, like, it was it was like we were working work in circles. Like, every day I'll pull up. And like, yo, I need this document from you. Get this signed. Figure this out. And they bring it back and I'll bring it back and then it'll be like, ah right, yeah, nah, you know what I'm saying? This document is, is you know what I'm saying it's not it's not good, you gotta go back, or they'll tell me like, yeah, you need more documents, you need this that, and a third. And like literally every time I go in there, she'll either print out another form or send me the form back and I have to go like figure that out. So, you know, I'm like, you know what, let me just start praying. And yeah. son told me like when I start when I pray, don't pray on what I don't want to happen, pray on what I want to happen because that don't is gonna be the negativity that builds up. Yeah,
1: you gotta reality. speak all the positive
0: And then that's the only thing you're gonna be thinking about The negative, you yeah, praying for The negative to not happen mm-hmm. So I'm praying every day Waking up every day with good spirits I'm like, yo, today I'm gonna get good results, today I'm gonna work Towards that that goal I'm trying to achieve And make a long story short Man, they ended up clearing my balance for both Semesters, so like the whole year And that's
1: all period
0: Yeah, the whole year we'll be in a period like. I wanna say we ended up paying what, three thousand. Actually that's no, we only paid we only paid one thousand for the whole year because three thousand of that was a scholarship. So we ended up paying one thousand. I was supposed to pay thirty three thousand. Like that's you can't tell me that was me. You, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that was me, but yeah, I just wanted to draw that in there for the listeners. Um but I don't have any more questions for you. If you got any questions, we can go ahead and knock it out before we wrap up.
1: I'm all good.
0: Alright. All right. Well, appreciate you for this opportunity again. um, Thank you, you bro. Take the time out. Um, Y'all go ahead and and shoot to her YouTube channel. Go ahead and plug yourself again, man. In case they wasn't listening.
1: Divine Esoteric Beauty on YouTube and B-A-D-G-Y-A-L Y-A-S on IG. Follow Mm -hmm.
0: that. (laughs) Go follow her and go support. Go subscribe. Go watch. Tune in, take notes, do whatever you got to do to receive that information. It's very valuable information. Uh, It's another episode of Best of Both Worlds. Thank you for listening. Keep spreading the word. Keep inviting people to listen. My IG is iBrock88 if you need to get in contact with me, and I'll be around. Appreciate it.